being black in America is bad for your health. Let's talk about it. I was looking at I was online I was you know trying to find my topic for this podcast episode and I came across an article that said that being black in America is bad for your health immediately my um, I was intrigued I wanted to know more so I opened up the article I started reading and it made some pretty good points. Um, and I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to go through some of the points that were made in these articles and you'll understand why I kind of agree with, um, some of the points that were made. So it starts out, it's following this lady who lives in a pretty bad neighborhood, right? And in the neighborhood that she lives in, a couple of blocks from her house, um, I believe it said four teenagers were killed. And it talks about how that affects her health and her mental health as well by living in that community. Now, People who live in distressed neighborhoods are more likely to focus on, you know, surviving the day. You know, how am I going to pay the bills? How am I going to put food on the table? How am I going to pay for my kids' athletic endeavors? Instead of thinking about how am I going to better myself to extend my life a little longer Um, for a person that lives in those neighborhoods in a poor neighborhood um, health, their, their own self health and mental health is put on the back burner. Um, It's not considered as important as Again, paying the rent, putting food on the table, et cetera. And I understand that. Um, I, I mean, I don't live in a poor neighborhood, but I, at my job, I don't make a lot of money. So certain things have to get cut from the budget. I know I have to pay rent. I know I have to have this, this roof over my head. I know I have to pay my car note in order to have a have transportation to get back and forth to work. I know I have to buy food in order to live. My, I went many years without health insurance and it eventually caught up to me um, in December of 2017. I found out I had congestive heart failure. And in 2018, I still didn't have insurance. And then I had to make the decision, do I buy the medication or 
do I just pay for the things that I need in order to survive day to day? And I did not purchase my medication. I had to pay rent. I had to pay car note. I had to pay um, in, um, phone bill. I had to buy groceries. I had to pay for insurance on my car. I didn't have the funds to pay for health insurance. So what this article is talking about is how poor people, it's not so much that being black in America is bad for your health. It's just saying how poor blacks who live in poor neighborhoods have to, or, or lower income neighborhoods have to, make tough decisions and sometimes their health falls to the back burner. Um, so like issues and we don't think about this, but issues dealing with racial discrimination can lead to chronic stress, uh, which leads to other health problems like, uh, anxiety, depression, headaches, heart disease, weight gain, and memory and concentration. And this is all based on a study done by the Mayo Clinic. And for me, personally, I have the weight gain. I have the heart disease. I have the, uh, I get headaches every now and then. I mean, it's, it's, stressing our we're stressing our bodies out because of we what we know that we have to deal the things that we have to deal with as African Americans in America you know not only do we have to figure out how to survive day to day we also have to deal with racial discrimination racial injustice economic injustice it stresses us out and we have to figure out how to end that so a little hypothetical and and to show these impacts and what it could do so there's this woman named miss jones miss jones is not real okay but we're going to use her as an example. So Miss Jones is a single mom and she doesn't make a lot of money. Let's say she makes nine, $10 an hour. She makes $10 an hour. So she's a low income earner and she lives in a really poor neighborhood. So on top of living in this neighborhood, she also has a chronic disease. Now, she needs to focus on her health. That's the one thing. As an individual, she has to focus on her health because if she don't, then she's not going to live as long as she wants to, right? But she has to focus on figuring out how to live day to day. She has to figure out 
how she's going to pay the rent. She has to figure out how she's going to buy groceries. And that's just for a week. And as things get worse, you know, she may fall behind on the rent. She may not have been able to, you know, afford groceries for that week. As things gets worse, she starts to feel worse. And now she's in this cycle, right? And we all know what that cycle is. You miss a bill. You start freaking out. Oh, they're going to put me out of my apartment. Oh, they're going to put, you know, they're going to come take my car. Now you're going through this cycle of anxiety and depression because you don't know where, how you're going to get that rent because with the money that you're making, making $10 an hour, working 40 hours a week, let's say you get paid every two, two weeks, that's 80 hours, $800 before taxes. Taxes come out. Now you're looking at about 730. Let's say that. Let's no about 690. Out of that $690, you have to pay rent, put food on the table, pay your car note if you have one, pay your insurance for your car if you have it, pay your health insurance if you have that, pay your cell phone bill if you have that. Now you're in the red and being in the red can have more effect on you physically just as much as it does mentally. And she starts to have these symptoms of depression. Um, she's having trouble falling asleep. She's waking. She's starting to wake up earlier than normal. And she's starting to have stomach problems that are setting in. And all of these symptoms is telling her is her body. Her body is telling her that I can't deal with all this stress and eventually I'm going to shut down on you. And that's the, that's the realization of what it's like for us in, in America, you know, the stress that we put on ourselves because we know that we, we can't afford the rent and the groceries and the insurance, both on yourself and on your car. You may be paying for your child's daycare. We know that financially we can't do it all because we don't make that kind of money. And we stress ourselves out because we're trying to figure out where is that, where, where we're going to get the money to do all of this, you know? And I've been there. I've been there plenty of times. I've stressed myself out to where I've been trying to figure out how am I going to pay the rent? You know, all this keeps hitting me at the same time. How am I going to pay the rent? I, if I could just pay the rent, I could take care of everything else. But how am I going to pay the rent? I can go without food. I just need to pay the rent because 
I'm not living in my car and I'm not living on the streets. So that stress can lead to a ton of chronic health problems, um, cardiovascular problems, obesity, hypertension, cancer, and diabetes. And our minds are not meant to be on high alert all the time. So here's a little stat that that's, that's just the mental, what, what it is that is affecting us physically in this, in, in America. Also, we have the higher infant mortality rate than anybody else, the higher infant mortality rate. So for 11, 11 infants die that are black out of a thousand compared to five out of a thousand who are white. And the causes for these infant deaths um, include like low ba- uh, birth weight. It includes congenital uh, malformations includes maternal complications. It includes sudden infant death syndrome. Like, I don't have any kids. I don't know anything about this, but once I started reading the article, those numbers are staggering. Black mothers are twice likely, twice as likely to receive late or no paternal care. Now we're moving into policy Um, and they're talking about repealing the health care program that President Obama put in, you know, Obamacare. And that helps with allowing black mothers to go get that care that they need in order to deliver a healthy baby. But now the president in the White House now is considering, not considering, he's demanding that the Affordable Care Act be ended, that it shouldn't be legal anymore. And if he does that, a lot of people are going to lose their health care. And it's going to make that number go up for black mothers getting uh, prenatal prenatal care. Now, a large number of black youth are obese. So, for instance, kids between the ages of 6 and 11, 22% of all girls who are black are obese. 21% of boys are obese. Between 12 to 19, of girls are obese and 21% of boys are obese. And those percentages go up. They double as they enter into adulthood. So healthcare is very, the healthcare plan, the healthcare program is very important to us because we need it. You know, um, Martin Luther King said it in a speech in 1966 
where he said of all forms of inequality, injustice in health is the most shocking and most inhuman because it often results in physical death. He knew that healthcare, there was still uh, discrimination in healthcare, in the field of healthcare, and how we receive care uh, when we go to the ER, when we go to the doctor. He knew that um, we were treated different. And because of that treatment, a lot of these statistics fall back on that. By ending the health care plan, the ACA, it allows for them to go back to the process of discrimination in the healthcare field. Um, money, economics also plays a part in how healthy we are. So, for instance, In Baltimore, there's a 20-year life expectancy gap that exists between the city's poor Blacks who live in poor neighborhoods and the wealthier whites who live in wealthier neighborhoods. So a baby that is born in Cheswold, which is in northwest Baltimore, can expect to live until 87 years old. That is the wealthier white suburb of Baltimore. But a baby that's born nine miles away in Clifton and Berea. Now this is where, this is close to where they filmed the show, The Wire. Uh, I don't know if you remember The Wire uh, with Omar and um uh, those guys that, you know, it dealt with drug dealing, it dealt with the police setting up wires to catch the drug dealers. Then you had a Robin Hood type character named Omar that lived in the hood that robbed drug dealers and gave it, gave to the people in the community. That's where that was shot, the wire. And the life expectancy there is 67 years old, which is the same as if you lived in Rwanda in Africa. And it's 12 years shorter than the U.S. average. So we know that economics can play a part in health as well. Those people that, that live in Clifton and Berea they know that they have to a try to survive the day or try to survive the week by making that rent payment, putting food on the table. They know that part, but at the same time, they don't have um, access to health care in that neighborhood. They have to go outside the neighborhood to get, you know, to, to, see a doctor. They have to go outside the neighborhood to go to a hospital. There's not one that's in that neighborhood. And that's, that's the, that's another thing that goes on in a, in our neighborhoods. We don't have hospitals in our neighborhoods. We don't have 
a lot of doctor doctor offices in our neighborhood. We don't have that access to health care that is available and it's closer than having to drive on the other side of town just to go to to the doctor or go to the hospital. And if you don't have a car, you can't get over there. So that's an that's an issue that they have in that area. Now, Tanahasi Coates said that it's a tradition to destroy the black body. It is heritage. And the crimes that Dr. King pointed out in 1966 when he called when he called injustices in healthcare continue to kill today. But they're hidden in familiar layers of public policy and patterns of disparity in education, housing, employment, and environmental safety. Speaking on environmental safety, they have yet to do anything about the water in Flint, Michigan. Then you look at employment. We're not making the money to, um, afford health care housing where we're, we can't afford the houses that are near these hospitals and these doctor's offices so we have to live in poor neighborhoods our education we're not edu- we don't get educated about our health we don't get educated about um, mental health none of that so those injustices are are alive and well, and they're found in these other programs that connect our health. And it's widely believed that the healthcare nightmares that blacks experience in America is our own fault. It's our fault why we're not healthy. And we are responsible to fix it. That's the that is what is widely believed amongst some people that we need to stop blaming other people for our health, for why our kids are obese and we need to take care of it ourselves. But Sagan Itawa said it best. Racial injustice was not created, institutionalized or perpetuated by the minority groups of the nation. And so therefore it is a problem that must be defeated by the offspring of its authors. What he's saying there is it's not our job to fix the racial injustice that was planted in this country that was written into laws in this country. It is the responsibility of the offsprings of those authors that wrote those things, these future leaders that are going, that are vying for being your next president or being your next Senator or being your next house representative. It's up to them to fix it. It's not our responsibility to fix it. You made the law, you fixed the law. And I agree with that. I agree with that wholeheartedly. So in conclusion, what I will say is 
even though the title of that article was being black in America is bad for your health. I agree with that because we stress ourselves out. We, we have to think about other things more than what some people have to think about. Um, we never, we don't really have the funds to take care of our health. Yeah, we can exercise. That's easy to go out and, and walk, but to go see a doctor and get that, that screening to see if you have breast cancer, to see if you have colon cancer, we can't afford that. You know, like with me, I couldn't afford my medication last year for congestive heart failure. And again, it caught up to me. Now I have a defibrillator because my heart's not strong enough to pump. If I would have did what a doctor told me in December of 2017, I might not have a defibrillator. I might, I might have strengthened my heart. But I went to the ER December 2017, never went back to the doctor until January 2019. Yes, part of it's my fault. Part of it is I should have taking it more seriously but at the same time having a roof over my head being able to put food on my table having a vehicle to get me back and forth to work was kind of high on the list my medication was not high on the list and that those are the decisions that we have to make as a people when it comes to our health we can't afford the medication. We can't afford a doctor trip because we can't afford the health insurance. So until we have to start taking um, our health more seriously, because the way I look at this article, I look at it as a strategic plan that was put in place to kill us off slowly. And we need to defeat that. We need to get our life expectancy numbers up higher than what other people's are. So we need to educate ourselves on mental health. We need to figure out a way to get our medication, figure out a way to get our health care. And I think once we start taking better care of ourselves health wise, it will make us a stronger community. That's all for this episode. Thanks for listening. And remember, if you want to support what I do, then share, subscribe, and leave a review over at iTunes and Google Podcasts. That's all for now, but I'll see you in the next episode. King Truth Podcasts.